Welcome back into Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Toby Altizer. We're carrying you up until 9 o'clock when the Hokies take on NC State tonight in the ACC tournament. Talking about Lamar Jackson, this portion of the show is brought to you by PVI Office Furniture. PVI Office Furniture has been the DMV's go-to furniture resource since 1992. With solutions to fit any budget, PVI has exactly what you're looking for. Open six days a week. Visit their showroom in Frederick today or online at pvipvi.com. Fast, excellent, affordable business grows with PVI. So we've talked about why some of the different reasons why this is going on. A lot of people have been throwing out collusion. The owners don't want to pay the money. That's why they're doing it. I mean, that's a valid reason. It's a possible reason. I got a couple reasons why I don't think that's the case. First, I mentioned it a little bit at the end of last segment. Other teams don't want to do the Ravens' work for them. If I'm the dude who is supposed to be taking the girl home at the end of the prom, right? I don't want to have to do all the work and then someone else takes the girl home. I don't want to have to do all the formal invitations, do all the flirting, courting, whatever, do all the stuff. And when it's time to finally get the prize, get left on the sideline because someone else did it, took them home. That's essentially what would happen if another team does this. Because think about this, right? The commanders. You know, if you want Lamar in D.C., I think that's a valid want. Why would Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney not get involved in this? Why would they say they're out? Because this is what's going to happen. If I'm Washington, I'm sitting there looking at Lamar Jackson, and this is what he's asking for. This is the contract he's asking for. I'm not willing to match that, okay? I'm like the Ravens in a sense. I'm not willing to go all the way up to that. But I will go a little more than what Baltimore's offering. But here's the issue. If you're offering... I don't know, say, if Baltimore's offering, say, $140, $150 million guaranteed, maybe a little bit more, and I offer uh, $170, you don't think Baltimore's just going to come in at the last minute and say, all right, we'll take our prize back. Thanks for all your work. And you don't get anything out of it. Maybe they send a gift basket over and say, thanks, Washington, for doing all the work for us. We appreciate it. We tried two years to get this done. We couldn't do it. You guys did it for us. Thank you. You really going to do that? I mean, think about if you're another team. I've got other things to do. I've got other holes to fill. I've got draft prospects to go over. Because, look, you just finished up the NFL Combine. Let me go over and look at these numbers. Let me figure out which of these guys we want to target late in the you know fifth, sixth, seventh round. Let me figure out who I like in the first. Let me see if we're going to maybe trade up and get someone or trade back and get some more picks. I got all that stuff to worry about. It's 50 days to the NFL draft. I don't have time to be thinking about negotiating a contract for another team, essentially. Because that's the way that it goes. So you say, okay, well, they're all colluding. No, they're not. They don't want to do the work for them. And then the other way it is, you think, okay, so I'm going to keep Lamar Jackson. I'm going to do this negotiation, but I'm going to find a way to get him. Do you know what you have to do to your franchise? You have to really, 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 Make that deal so that 
the Ravens don't want it. So that might mean tons of cap hit right up front so that you have the cap space. You'll be fine. The Ravens won't be able to do it. Maybe more guaranteed money than you're really comfortable with. And so now you're going out of your comfort zone to bring in a quarterback that you don't necessarily even want, maybe. Or you're going out of your comfort zone because you're forced to because the Ravens did this. Because the Ravens put the non-exclusive tag. And you're forced to go to a point that you weren't willing to go to. But now that you're stuck in this situation, you have to form the contract in a way that is uncomfortable for the Ravens, but it's probably also uncomfortable for you. So there's really a reason why these teams decided to go and say, I'm out on Lamar Jackson. And the other thing is, maybe this collusion thing is a way. But think about this. If you're another GM, again, all these just theories on why this Lamar Jackson situation is going on. But think about it like this. You've got one team that says they're out right away in the Atlanta Falcons. It came out pretty much, Lamar gets the non-exclusive tag, the Falcons come out and say, a pass. Well, if I'm another team, why don't I say a pass? And then another team sees that and says, you know what? I'll say I pass too. Now, I'm not actually out. I'm going to call Lamar's people or find a way to get Lamar's number and start working on a deal with them. But uh, I'm going to say I'm out because guess what that does? If everyone's out on Lamar Jackson, his number comes down a little bit. Now we're working on it a little bit. Now, at the end, maybe the Ravens just come in again and take him back. Take him back. But if the number's down a little bit, it's more palatable. Maybe I could go after doing this. But guess what? If every one of these teams says, I want Lamar, bring him to my city, then guess what? Price skyrockets. Goes way up. That guaranteed money that he's asking for. It looks more and more plausible, like he might get it. So there's reasons, again, why this is going the way it's going. RG3 tweeted out last night from a team source, Ravens hope negotiating with other teams will give them and Lamar an unbiased look at the market for him. Ravens aren't reluctant to give Lamar a top QB market deal, but hope the non-exclusive franchise tag will speed up their own stalled negotiations with him. And I think that's the smart way to do this. I do. Again, it's odd that everyone says they're out. I'm interested to see exactly how this plays out over the next couple of weeks or so. Where is Lamar going to play? I know at first glance you think, non-exclusive tag. Okay, he's probably not going to play in Baltimore. But with the things that I've just laid out, I kind of lean to him probably playing in Baltimore next season. Just because the way that it seems the Ravens did this, was to say, sorry, Lamar, we've tried to work with you for two years. You don't have an agent, so you haven't had a chance to really look at what the market is. So guess what? We're going to let you talk to the other teams, figure out what your real value is, figure out how much you're really worth, and then we'll come back and sign you. We don't want you to leave. Don't get that wrong. We want you back in Baltimore, but we want to find a way so that both of us can be happy. You get the money that the market says you should, and we don't overpay and have to give you outrageous amounts that put us in a really bad spot. Do you have that Chris Collinsworth audio? 
Let's hear what Chris Collinsworth had to say about this, because I think it was a really good point. Talking about the agent, here's Chris Collinsworth on the Up and Adams show. I actually think the Ravens are brilliant with what they're doing. Um, because remember, Lamar doesn't have an agent. He's doing this himself. So at some point, they're telling him, and this is the hard part about when you're your own representative, at some point, they're telling Lamar, we can't do a fully guaranteed contract. We're, we're just not doing that. You know, you, you haven't finished the last two years. You've been great when you've been playing. You're, you know, you've heard all the arguments. They did, you know, we love that you run and then you do all that, but blah, 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 blah. But we can't do a fully guaranteed contract. I mean, at some point, that was the conversation. So now, what do they do? They put this non-exclusive tag on them, which, okay, if they throw them out there to the market, if somebody does the fully guaranteed deal, right, they get two in return. There aren't going to be many teams, and this is becoming obvious now, they're going to be interested in doing that fully guaranteed contract, which is all they do. And if they come into the mix, it's something less than that, and they can get it at 50% guaranteed or 60% guaranteed, then guess what? The Ravens match the deal. So it's not them being the bad guy. It's letting other people set the market. And then when he comes back, they get a choice. So we would, would we rather have two first round draft picks from that team or would we rather have Lamar? I'm guessing they'd rather have Lamar, but they haven't had to force the negotiations on Lamar at something less than the fully guaranteed contract that Deshaun Watson got. And one thing about this is, from what I read, I know some people have been saying that maybe you can change the compensation, maybe you can work out a deal. I don't think there is any deal to be worked out. From what I understand is, if he does sign an offer sheet with another team, and he goes there, and they decide on the picks, that's what they get, two first-round picks. They don't get to decide on, here's what we really want. I think that ultimately they're they're set on the two first-round picks. But I think Chris laid it out really well there that, look, we're going to let someone else do our work for us, and then ultimately we get to decide once they do all the work whether we want to keep him or not. But essentially, we're going to take our hands off, and we'll decide once you're ready. I think that's a really good approach from the Baltimore Ravens, another example of this franchise in Baltimore really understanding how to use these NFL rules to their advantage because they're going to let other teams negotiate and figure out what Lamar's market is. Now, I did mention maybe there is a little bit of a collusion. Maybe there is a little bit of the owner's hesitance to start paying out this guaranteed money. I think there's an example very recently of why these teams are a little bit scared because there's precedent that once you cross the line, it can get a little out of hand. I'll give you that example next here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Having the fan, Toby Altizer and the Stallion, Ryan Clary, carrying you up until 9 o'clock tonight. So I mentioned that there's a precedence of salaries or contracts kind of skyrocketing that would make owners a little bit skeptical of this guaranteed money thing. So I had the opportunity to work out in Milwaukee, and I spent about a year and a half out there, and I was there during the time that Devontae Adams was a little upset with the Green Bay Packers, what's going to happen. 
Penny ultimately gets traded from Green Bay to the Raiders. And the reason that that whole thing went down was because Devontae Adams wanted wide receiver one money in terms of he wanted to be the top paid wide receiver. But when you looked at the wide receiver market, it was a little odd because Julio Jones was getting $22 million, and then all the way up at $27 million was DeAndre Hopkins. So it was a, there's a huge gap. Usually it's a one, maybe a $2 million interval, and you see, okay, the highest paid is 26, but the second highest paid is 25. For the gap to be 27 to 22 was a large gap. And the Cardinals made DeAndre Hopkins the highest paid receiver. And so, you know, they could do whatever they wanted. They made it $5 million more than the next guy. And what happens is the other guys decide, look, hey, that guy got that. I want that. And as soon as someone says, ah, you know what, that's a little bit too much. So I want to give you some numbers on this. 2020, highest paid wide receiver. Julio Jones at $22 million. There were only three players making $20 million at the wide receiver position. Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, and Amari Cooper. In 2021, you had the trade. DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Cardinals. He signs the big deal. He's now making $27.3 million, $5 million more than Julio Jones. It didn't just go up by a million. It went up by five, almost five and a half. And then Julio ends up getting traded, cut, whatever. Only three players are making $20 million in 2021. And then what happens last year? I think you saw a total change in the wide receiver market and that Devontae wanted top money. The Packers were willing to give him top money, but not more than DeAndre Hopkins. So he ends up with the Raiders, and he gets $28 million. But think about this. 2022, again, 2021 and 2020, three players making $20 million at wide receiver. 2022, 14 are making $20 million. So once that one guy starts getting up there, it's not the one guy on the pedestal. Another guy is making close to it or making just a slightly bit more. Everyone's going to start getting up there. So I want to give you the timeline of this. So again, just to recap, DeAndre Hopkins is sitting at $27.3 million. The next closest is 22. Mike Williams gets $20 million. Chris Godwin gets $20 million. Then March 17th, Devontae Adams gets $28 million. Then March 18th, DJ Moore gets 20.6 because they're starting to get into this threshold. March 23rd, Tyreek one-ups. Devontae Adams gets $30 million. April 6th, Stephon Diggs gets 24. April 28th, A.J. Brown gets 25. June 8th, Cooper Cup gets 26.7. June 28th, Terry McLaurin gets 22.8. July 28th, D.K. Metcalf gets 24. July 31st, Debo Samuel gets 23.9. So suddenly it was like a plateau to get to 20. And then last year, everyone's above 20. Now 14 guys are making more than 20 million. So you say, why, why is that a precedence? Well, here is what's happening with guaranteed money with quarterbacks. In 2020, the highest guaranteed money for quarterbacks in the NFL was Patrick Mahomes at 141 and a half. There are only six guys making 100 million guaranteed at quarterback. In 2021, Josh Allen got a new deal. $150 million. He's the highest now. Now eight guys are getting $100 million. Now listen to this. $150 million guaranteed. Highest in 2022, Deshaun Watson, 230. It didn't jump from like 150 to 160. 
This is why I see the parallel between the Hopkins and the Deshaun Watson type thing with quarterback, where one guy goes out there and sets a new precedence that is way past the rest of the competition. Then Kyler gets a deal in July following the March deal with Deshaun Watson, and he gets 189. Again, it's not 230, but it is getting closer. So what happens when the NFL starts allowing these quarterbacks to get to these crazy marks? What happens is everyone starts getting these numbers. What happens is every single quarterback that comes up for a contract and maybe even some that have already signed their contracts start looking at the other guys around the league and saying, get me up to that number. So why would the NFL owners be scared of this guaranteed money? Because as soon as someone else does it, whether it's Lamar Jackson, some quarterback coming up next year, as soon as someone else gets to that $200 million mark, as soon as someone gets to 210, 220, then everyone's going to start doing it. It might not be as high. Again, like I said, with the receivers, 27 was DeAndre Hopkins. There are only two guys that passed that, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. That's a 28 and 30. But the rest of the guys got pretty darn close, 24, 25, 26, 22, 20. You go from three receivers making $20 million to 14. With the NFL and quarterbacks, you go from $600 million guaranteed quarterbacks in 2020 to eight in 2021 to 11 in 2022. Well, next thing you're going to know, you're going to have six, seven, eight guys making $150 million guaranteed at quarterback. You're going to have these guys making loads and loads and loads of cash. So I think they look at this wide receiver example of last season where you just saw a boon of the wide receiver money. And they're a little bit scared with the quarterback and the guaranteed money that something similar could happen with the quarterback market. With the $230 million that Deshaun Watson, I think it's crazy. I think it it's so far past what everyone else had gotten that it's almost absurd. And as soon as someone else does it, though, it now becomes the benchmark. Right now, with Deshaun Watson sitting up there by himself, it makes the Browns look a little desperate or a little bit like they're the oddballs. They're the ones that were willing to do it. The rest of us aren't. They're kind of crazy. Leave them alone. But as soon as one other team is willing to cross that line, as soon as another team is willing to pay their quarterback and guarantee that money up to a certain point, you're going to start seeing every quarterback ask for it. And as soon as everyone starts asking for it, you're going to have to start giving it to people. Look, I think it's ridiculous that Daniel Jones got the money he got. But at the same point, he's not getting $200 million guaranteed. I think this is going to be an interesting thing to watch because if Lamar Jackson gets what he wants, honestly, it could open the floodgates for quarterbacks in the next couple of years because you got a Joe Burrow contract coming up, you got Jalen Hurts, and these guys are going to be asking for large guaranteed deals too. And some of these guys, to be frank, with how they lead the franchise, with how much money they make them, they probably deserve something like that. But then to create this idea that everyone in the quarterback position in the NFL is going to start getting in that $200 million guaranteed money, it's just a little bit crazy to me. It really is. I think these guys deserve this type of cash because of the way that they go about their business, the way that they draw in revenue. But getting to a point there where 
Only one guy has crossed that threshold in Deshaun Watson. And expecting that kind of money for a guy like Lamar Jackson, who, let's be honest, over the last couple of seasons isn't being in the same conversation as Josh Allen, as Patrick Mahomes. He's not that guy. I have a hard time seeing teams being willing to do that. And I think for for this reason, I think the owners are looking at it and saying, I can't go over that threshold, and I really don't blame them. I really don't. I'm interested to see how these negotiations go. I'm interested to see if a team outside of Baltimore ends up with Lamar Jackson this year. But I kind of lean toward it not happening. I really do. But speaking of that, that's always fun for conjecture. There's always fun hypotheticals. Do you want Lamar Jackson to be in D.C.? Leave out some of the contract details, maybe. Leave out a little bit of the craziness that comes with all of this. Just straight up. Do you want Lamar Jackson to be the quarterback of the Washington Commanders? Should Washington consider Lamar Jackson being their quarterback next year? Give us a call on the MGM National Harbor listener line at 800-636-1067. Again, 800-636-1067. want to take some of your phone calls, get your opinion. I'll give you mine as well. Should Washington really consider Lamar Jackson for their quarterback position? We'll talk about it next on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. And we were discussing this a little bit in the break. I don't know if I have an issue with the picks. Matter of fact, with the picks, I know I don't. When I look at the contract, I'm not sure that I have a huge issue with that either because that's just what elite quarterbacks get paid. The guaranteed money doesn't necessarily bother me because it's not coming out of my pocket. Let me put it that way. (laughs) He's going to get paid either way. It's not necessarily bothering me. The issue comes in for me with Lamar Jackson. Does he fit with this offense? Does he fit what you have already built in this team? Ideally, if you're playing Madden with all this, You could plug Lamar Jackson into your offense that already has Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, Logan Thomas. Heck yeah. I can run around. I can throw the ball to all those guys. But then the reality hits. This isn't Madden. This isn't Madden where you can throw for 300 and still rush for 100 every game. That's not going to be the case. I think he's a running quarterback. There's a reason that... Baltimore hasn't necessarily spent at the wide receiver position too. It's because they employ a quarterback that his primary pass or his primary uh, trait is not passing the football, it's running it. Not to say he's not a good passer. I think he's actually an underrated pocket passer. I think in terms of Lamar Jackson's ability, I think he stands in the pocket and throws the ball very well, much better than the credit he gets for being a pocket passer. Because if you watch Baltimore over the last couple of years, yeah, they do a lot of read option. Yeah, they do a lot of stuff where he's keeping the ball and running. But in terms of other running quarterbacks, think of Vic, think of Randall Cunningham, RG3 even. Those guys rarely stand in the pocket. And if anything, as soon as there's any hole, they're sprinting out of there. Even if it's a good pocket, they're finding a way to get out. And I think Lamar is content to stand in the pocket when it's set in front of him. But I think it's a difficult spot for him to come to D.C. and fit right in. I really do. I think with Eric Biennemi coming in, he hasn't run an offense that's tailored to Lamar. 
you think about what Greg Roman and Baltimore had to do when they built their offense around Lamar Jackson as a rookie, when they decided to move on from Joe Flacco and plug in Lamar Jackson. Huge difference. It wasn't like going from quarterback A to quarterback B, and it was like, all right, just plug in quarterback B, we're fine. That's not exactly how it works with Lamar Jackson. Now, maybe it's a perfect time if you look at it in this sense that the enemy's coming in and he hasn't had a chance to install his system, and so you can tailor the system to Lamar Jackson as well. But I I think it takes a special kind of coordinator, not to say that Eric Bieniemy doesn't have the ability to do this, but I think it takes a commitment to running the football to be successful with Lamar Jackson. You saw this with Greg Roman, even though some of the stuff got stale over the past couple of years in Baltimore, there was a commitment to running the football. There was no doubt when Baltimore showed up with Lamar Jackson what the game plan was. It was to find ways to run it with Lamar, run it with the running back, and you were going to pound it down their throat because you were going to be the leading rushing team in the NFL year after year because that's the way it was going to go. Eric Bieniemy, former running back, maybe he could adapt to that. But think about Kansas City where he's worked. Yes, they do run the ball a little bit, but they're not a primarily rushing football team. I think when it comes to Lamar Jackson and D.C., I'm never going to say no to the possibility of bringing in an MVP quarterback and not some MVP that won it like a decade ago, an MVP that won it just a couple of years ago when it's still 26 with a chance to get better. Like, I'm never going to say no to that. In terms of the draft picks, two first-rounders for a guy that could be the franchise quarterback for a decade, how could you ever say no to that? The contract, it doesn't bother me giving the guy all the money. But I think the thing that holds me back from it is you have the opportunity to go with Sam Howell and you could sit here in an opportunity to go win a Super Bowl. You say, that's crazy. I've laid it out before for you guys if you've listened when I've hosted over the last couple of weeks various times. With Sam Howell, he's going to take up so little of the cap that if he goes out there and balls out this year and shows you that he can be a good quarterback, I don't even know if he has to be great. And I don't even know if he has to be too, too much above average to get you a chance in the NFC with the quarterback play. Think about this. Think about the quarterbacks in the NFC right now. Aaron Rodgers might be leaving. Jalen Hurts, uh, Derek Carr now is in the NFC. Like It's not crazy good. So you could have a chance legitimately if you have above average quarterback play out of Sam Howell to maybe go on a run. Not to say that he's the one leading the charge. Not to say he's the one that has to have everyone on his back to go do it. But if he's above average, if he's decent, you've got a chance to have a quarterback who's making next to nothing so you can spend on the rest of the roster. We've seen it over the last couple of years, and it's really become the blueprint unless you can draft a guy like Patrick Mahomes or have a guy like Tom Brady come to your team. You build your team around a rookie quarterback or a a quarterback on a rookie deal And that's how you get it done. Joe Burrow's done it. Jalen Hurts just did it. Patrick Mahomes did it when he was still on a rookie deal. That's the way to do it. Paying Lamar is fine. Not saying that he doesn't deserve it. Not saying that it wouldn't make it more fun to watch on Sundays. Not saying that it wouldn't fill more seats at FedEx. But is it going to help you win a Super Bowl? I don't know that it is. If the opportunity was to sign Lamar and you had no 
idea who could be quarterback if we're signing Lamar or going to Taylor Heineke again. No doubt Lamar. But I think Sam Howell deserves a chance. Not saying that he's going to be better than Lamar, but I really think it's an interesting thing. I do want to get some of your guys' opinion, but quickly, before we get to a break, I want to get Ryan Clary's opinion on this. Where do you stand on this Lamar thing? Because I think it's an intriguing one. I just don't know that it makes the most sense for Washington. So here's my thing. I don't want to really give up the picks when you have to pay the man. You're going to be having to give this guy around like 220 to 250 million guaranteed. And really, who knows how high that could get, but we also don't know how low it could get as well. But then again, do I really want to pay someone this amount of money when we're already talking about all four of the highest guarantees when it comes to quarterbacks? All four of those guys are not in that great positions right now with Deshaun. You got Russell Wilson. You got Aaron Rodgers. And the fourth one, I'm blanking on, but then again. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Not great positions. So I don't want to be like one of those guys. I want someone for my own. I want a first-round pick that we come in and we put talent around them. That's my feel. Real quick, how you stand on Sam Howell? I like Sam Howell. And with the year we're going into, like if you were to ask me, like, do I think he should be the starter this year? I think you can make a case for him being the starter this year. And I think it's all right for the circumstances that we're in. Yeah, it's really intriguing to me with this Lamar situation. I don't think you can say no. I think Washington has to kick the tires on it and see what could happen. But I just, I don't think it makes the most sense. Whether it's the picks, whether it's the money, I don't think he fits any of those things. I think there's a lot of valuable things that don't work out well if you try to go out after Lamar. And I think there's a bunch of valid reasons why you should and also why you shouldn't. I want to hear from you guys. Give us a call on the MGM National Harbor listener line, 800-636-1067. Should Washington consider Lamar Jackson for their quarterback position next year? Give us a call there. And if you're on hold, stick right there. We'll get to you next right here on Overtime at 106.7 The Fan. Welcome back into Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. The leaders of the Youngest in Charge movement. Toby Altizer, the Stallion, Ryan Clary. Hanging out with you guys till 9 o'clock. A reminder, Peter Bukowski, Locked on Packers, Locked on Sports today, comes up at 8.30. Get his thoughts on Lamar, also on Aaron Rodgers. Do all that coming up in about 45 minutes. But before then, I want to get your thoughts. Should Washington consider Lamar Jackson? MGM National Harbor listener line is open, 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. Let's get out to Trey in Waldorf. Trey, what's going on, man? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I think we got to go after him. It's a, it's a good option. And let's be realistic. He's more athletic and a better quarterback than any any quarterback we got on the roster right now. We might have to let go of a couple guys to get him and like draft picks as well, but he also puts us in a position, I believe, for the next four to five years of playoffs. So, you know, we go from seven, eight wins to where we could possibly have 10 to 12. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point in that he gives you your best chance of going somewhere over the next couple of years. I just think... When you look at it floor ceiling, you use this all the time in draft analogies. Getting Lamar Jackson no doubt raises your floor, but does right. the amount of money you have to pay him lower that ceiling as opposed to 
Yes, the floor could be very low with Sam Howell, but if he can give you a good quarterback play and the amount of money he's getting, the ceiling for the team could be sky high. Yeah, I totally agree. But can I ask you what what, what you meant by uh, he's, he's not the right fit? Yeah, I'll answer real quick. Appreciate the phone call, Trey. Uh, I think he's just not fitting because this offense in reality, the way that the roster has been constructed, is probably built to be a passing offense. Should be pretty dynamic with the weapons you've built. The offensive line is questionable. But think about it right now. If you were to put out on paper the the weapons that Washington has and say what kind of offense would you go with, I'd probably get a mobile quarterback, and I'd have Gibson as my starting back that can catch passes out of the backfield. I got Dotson to run routes. I've got McLaurin, one of the top five receivers in the league, and I've got Curtis Samuel to be my gadget guy. It should be a pretty dynamic passing offense, right? Not just a read option type offense. Think about the years with RG3 at his best. Think about that 2012 year. You had receivers. But really, maybe one, two guys really had decent years. Like It's not a passing offense if you bring in Lamar Jackson. I think it limits you. And so I think if you were to build this offense perfectly, you'd get a good passing quarterback and work with the weapons you already have as opposed to getting a running quarterback that might not suit what you already have in town. Let's get out to Peter, who's in Woodbridge. Peter, what's going on, man? Peter, what's up? All right, let's get out to let's get out to Todd, who's in Houston. Todd, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, youngest Bama's in charge movement. <laughs> Shout out Linnell Willingham. <laughs> Always appreciate uh, Linnell, man. Ah, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, don't get me wrong, man. I love the stallion, man. The president of the uh, Jared Goff fan club. <laughs> That's my guy over there. So, Todd, should uh, Washington consider going after Lamar Jackson? Uh, no. No, absolutely not, man. Uh, actually, I think you're, you're spot on. You know, uh, Washington's built outside in. Uh, Lamar needs an inside-out kind of built program yeah. with, you know, dynamic tight ends, uh, an offensive line that can move like he can and all that. And I, I just don't think we, we have. We also, you know, the money that we can't spend on someone like Lamar, we can spend on a cornerback, a linebacker, an offensive line, a tight end. I, I just I just don't see it working. I, I don't think they're going to do it anyway. But I just from a, just a, a play standpoint, from a team standpoint, like you just said, I, I just don't think we're built up for someone like Lamar. I just don't see it. Todd, appreciate the phone call, man. And I think the reasons that he just laid out that I've kind of talked through are, if you flip it around, the exact reasons that Baltimore shouldn't let him walk. They've built a team that's built around Lamar Jackson, unless you can plug in a quarterback that is like the same exact style as Lamar, then I think you're in a bad spot. I mean, if you brought in Justin Fields, okay, he'd fit fine. If you maybe drafted Anthony Richardson or found a way to bring over Malik Willis, okay, fine. That'd work. Any other quarterback with what they have in Baltimore? Probably not working. The way that they've been running their offense is probably not working. So I think on the flip side of it with Washington, the way that they're built to run a more traditional pass-first type of offense with Eric Bieniemy at the helm, I just don't know that he fits. Let's get to Peter in Woodbridge. Peter, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Um, I have to agree with the uh, previous caller, to be honest with you. Um, 
I don't think I don't think it's worth it. I don't think either the money or the uh, draft picks are worth it it's just wrong. because we're guaranteed maybe seven to eight games from his style. Last two seasons, he's been injured, um, to be honest with you. And on top of that, even if we do make it to the playoffs, he's won one playoff game in his entire history mm-hmm. here. I don't think all of that adds up to like two first-round draft picks as a start uh, for negotiating, let alone – 300 mil, if that's what he wants guaranteed. What I would do, just like you were mentioning, I would build the team around first. Honestly, this season I'd go out and go grab Jordan Love and have a QB competition between those two and see what him and Sam Howell have. Yeah, I think it is intriguing. Peter, appreciate the phone call. I think it's intriguing what could happen with Jordan Love. We'll get into some Aaron Rodgers talk here in just a little bit. But if he is not going to be the starting quarterback in Green Bay, if Rodgers is returning, I would think that Green Bay has to move Jordan Love. I was advocating in Milwaukee radio last year for Jordan Love to get traded to Washington. I guess if things turn out that Rodgers is returning to Green Bay in D.C., I can plead for Jordan Love to be the quarterback of the Commanders next season. But he brought up a couple of good points as well. Injuries with Lamar Jackson, it's a concern. I don't know that it would keep me away from doing the deal. I think that Lamar, as he gets older is going to find ways to avoid some of these injuries. And I think, you know, inevitably, quarterbacks, anyone playing football at that level is just going to get hurt. At times, it's going to happen. Now, is it because he was as a running quarterback in the, the situations that he's in? Maybe. And maybe it's a, it's a big risk to take to pay all that money. It is a big risk. Maybe that's a point that you can't get on board with, and I get that. I just think that with Lamar Jackson coming to D.C., I don't really think it makes sense. I don't think it makes sense for either side, honestly. I don't think that Lamar Jackson is going to want to leave Baltimore, in all honesty, because they've built this thing around him. I really think that he ends up playing again for the Ravens. I think that makes the most sense. Again, you've built an entire offensive system around this guy. I know that you're going to bring in a new offensive coordinator, but you're going to keep a similar type of system you're gonna you you've built the team around Lamar Jackson. That's how you're meant to play. Are you just gonna let that guy walk? You know, it's not like it's your average pocket passer that you can just plug into these things. You know, it's one thing if you lose Tom Brady and plug in Jimmy Garoppolo, like happened with, you know, the Patriots, if that were to be the case. Or they brought in Jacoby Brissett and guys like that. They could have guys fill in because in reality it's an offense that's built on shorter passing and things of that nature. An offense in Baltimore is not built off of that sort of thing. It's built off the athleticism of the quarterback. And unless Baltimore is going to bring in a guy like a Justin Fields, they're going to bring in a guy like a Anthony Richardson, I just don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. Let's get out to Willie, who's in Gaithersburg. Willie, what's going on? Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing, Willie? Good man, I was listening uh, that you know your last caller. He had a point, man. I believe that uh, Jordan Love would be a great, great candidate to bring in to uh, compete against Sam Howell. And I think, uh, I mean, I don't know, Sam Howell might have an edge or an advantage because of being you know in the team longer, maybe even though a year. Then, uh, but I think Jordan Love would would do great. He's been, you know, watching Aaron Rodgers, you know, behind, you know for quite a few years, and I think from the last game, he looked great. Willie, appreciate it, man. I think that Jordan Love would be an intriguing prospect if we were available. 
I don't think he's available. I really don't. I think that Green Bay is going to end up probably moving on from Rodgers. I know that over the last couple of weeks I've said I think Rodgers returns. It's looking like that's not going to be the case. And if that's the case, Jordan loves staying in Green Bay. But I'm definitely willing to revisit these conversations again if it ends up being that Rodgers stays in Green Bay and then Jordan Love would be available. I'm more than willing to go back to that because last season I thought that there was a chance after seeing just bits and pieces of Jordan Love that maybe that's the right idea. Maybe you could get something like that and get a guy that sat under a legend for a couple of seasons and improved. Let's get out to Yared, who's in Arlington. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good, how you doing? Good, good. Uh, I don't think it's a good idea to sign Lamar here. I'll tell you a couple of reasons. First and foremost, I mean, you know, the offensive line. We need to build that. 100%. And on the top of that, uh, the guy is good, but he get injured. And uh, the previous caller, like he mentioned, he won only one playoff game. At the end of the day, he's just one player. He got another 52 player you have yeah. to take care of. So if you bring him, you're going to give up two first rounds. You might have to let go Payne and some other players. So there are days, you know, he might have a bad game and the defense needs to bail him out. But if you don't have the players to do that, I don't think uh, that would be a good business to do. Appreciate the phone call, Jared. Yeah, I mean, I think those are both good points. If you don't have a good offensive line with Lamar Jackson, it's not going to work. You might have the weapons on the outside, but you don't have the offensive line with Lamar, a guy who's going to depend on running the football. It's not going to work. Look at what Baltimore's done over the last couple of years. They build on the offensive line. They've really neglected the outside because Lamar doesn't throw it to his receivers all that often, even trading away a guy like Hollywood Brown. They drafted Bateman. He's been kind of injured, hasn't really worked. But outside of that, their leading receiver last year was Demarcus Robinson. It's not like they're missing out because their wide receivers just don't get utilized a whole lot. I don't think he really fits in Washington. All right, I'm going to take a break from some of this Lamar Jackson discussion. Aaron Rodgers is the other guy. Again, we're going into quarterback gossip tonight on overtime on 106.7 The Fan. So what's going to happen with Rodgers? I really thought that he was going to stay in Green Bay. Doesn't look like that's going to, going to be the case anymore. We'll talk about that next here on overtime on 106.7 The Fan.